0: Hey guys, welcome to Sports and Spouses. This is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Billy, and my wife, Melanie. Say hi, Melanie. Hey. Our podcast discusses the biggest stories in sports through the lens of the average American sports loving married couple.
1: I am here to provide the perspective of someone who definitely understands and enjoys watching sports, but maybe not always up on the latest breaking news, all the intricacies. the time i can't remember who won what championship or world series the year before but i love sports
0: yep and i love that she loves sports so this perspective that she brings introduces a fun and interesting dynamic so be sure to smash that subscribe button follow us on social media twitter and instagram and please tell your friends about us so thanks for joining us Welcome in. This is Sports and Spouses, Episode 6. We're covering the week of April 1st through April 7th. Today's Sunday, by the way, so if you're listening on Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday... You're treating us
1: like your personal calendar again, like Billy thinks you are.
0: Well, I mean, you never know. Some people, you know, get around to listening to podcasts later, so... It's
1: good to have a reference. It is
0: Sunday. Yeah. I mean, we record on Sundays, so just as a reference... But for dates, you know, you never know. Um, But a lot happened this week, and we're going to cover the biggest things that happened. (laughs) The biggest thing that happened, I think, in my mind, was uh, the Final Four. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, there was some controversy that happened in the Auburn-Virginia game. So, Virginia beat Auburn. Uh, in Saturday night's game, uh, they beat them by one point. I'm not sure of the final score off the top of my head. I don't remember. I think it was – I'm not even going to guess because I'll probably be <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so, 70-something to 70-something. I don't know. I'm
1: going to say
0: 73
1: to 72.
0: Either way. so So, um, at the final seconds of the game – Auburn was up by two points, and Virginia's Ty Jerome was dribbling the ball down the court, and he dribbled the ball off his leg. Then he picked, proceeded to pick the ball up with both hands, and then he continued to dribble the ball. And by rule, that's a double dribble. And it's kind of a little-known rule – like, unless you actually know the rules, you would have thought, well, he just lost the ball and he continued to dribble the ball.
1: I thought it was 72 73. It was 62 63. So oh, 62. You know, you're like 10 12. points off.
0: You know, it'd be one digit. Yeah. So, no big deal. So, anyway, um, Ty Jerome double dribbled, picked the ball up, continued to dribble, and then Auburn fouled him. And there's about, seconds left in the game, and Virginia inbounds it, passes it to Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy shoots up a three-pointer, misses it, but Auburn's defender fouls him. So Virginia gets three free throws, and of course Kyle Guy is an exceptional free throw shooter. Sinks all of them, and there's .6 seconds left on the clock. Virginia's up by one, and of course, what can you do with, you know, half a second left? Absolutely nothing.
1: Nothing. They almost, I mean, that one guy would have made it. That was pretty close.
0: Yeah. But either way, Auburn didn't make it, and Virginia went on to win. So there's a lot of controversy about the missed double dribble. But here's my take on it. I'm the type of person... I like to think about things that other people aren't thinking about. And I like to look at things that other people might not be looking at. So, for instance, at a wedding, when the music starts playing and the doors swing open and the bride comes in and everybody turns around and looks at the bride, I like to look at the groom. I like to see what his reaction is. So, when everybody saw that double dribble, everybody saw that ball bounce off Ty Jerome's leg. What I saw before that was the Auburn defender was trying to foul Ty Jerome, and the ref didn't call it. So, and then after the double dribble, the defender successfully fouled Jerome, and the referee called that one.
1: Was that the foul at the three point line, or was that before that? No, that
0: was the foul, the final foul that Auburn had before Virginia could shoot free throws. Oh, I see. So, there was But the, then that
1: wouldn't have changed, I mean, that would, how would that have changed the outcome?
0: Because the the attempted foul before the double dribble, if the referee would have called that, then the double dribble wouldn't have happened.
1: But that doesn't matter, does it?
0: It does because if they would have called the foul before that, then the double dribble is irrelevant. But
1: there's a foul after the double dribble that was the final foul. Right. But not the shooting foul. Right. So then what does it matter if they because got that Because it does matter anyway?
0: because if the referee would have called the foul before the double dribble, then all of this talk about the double dribble doesn't even matter because would the double dribble.
1: Would the ball dribble. have come in from somewhere other than where it came in?
0: No, it, it would have come in from a different from spot. spot. It would have come in from the same spot, but the double dribble would have never happened because he would have fouled before the double dribble happened. So in my mind, does the referee see the attempted foul – and think, well, this might be why the double dribble happened because of the attempted foul, and because there's you know two seconds or whatever on the clock, I'm going to let the guys play it out. Because I, I've heard Colin Cowherd say on his show before, this referees don't blow their whistle as much at the end of the game because they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, you know make make judgments that cause games to you know, change. But, you know, if somebody shoots a free, shoots a three pointer and the defender jumps into him, you have to call that. So that's in my mind, that's, that's but something. I, don't think, that,
1: I think that double dribble is irrelevant if either way that foul was coming, whether it was before the half court or after it,
0: it was, but everybody's
1: led to a shooting foul. Eventually is the same, whether it's this foul or that foul, Right, but everybody's
0: all up in arms about, well, the referees missed the double dribble, so Auburn should have gotten the ball. So
1: you're saying there would be no controversy over this double dribble had they just called the foul? Right, had they they just
0: called the foul that Auburn was trying to do instead of calling the foul after the double dribble. You see what I'm saying? see.
1: There would be less controversy. Right,
0: there would be no controversy at all because the double dribble wouldn't have happened.
1: Because the, the shooting foul would
0: have still happened, but Auburn was trying to foul Ty Jerome, but they just the referee wasn't calling it until well, they I will say, made it
1: deliberate. Uh, I really have a lot of respect for Bruce Pearl. I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but they tried to bait him at the end. You know the reporter, as they do the <laughs> nice. You know she's not the nice reporter. She wasn't like trying to be anything, but she asked him about it and he said we're going to be a team who handles it with class, whether it's a Mm -hmm. victory or a loss. And there's a full game to play. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. There's a full game that was played, not just a few plays. So I like that he said that because it would be real easy to go all, you know, New Orleans Saints on them and Mm -hmm. still hold this grudge. However, many months later about this one call, but really it's a full game. It comes down to one or two free throws or, this or that, it, you know, miss shots the whole game. Yeah, not just, That's a great great But it's a great, really easy. Point. But I just really respect him a lot because he, he could have said, I mean, it would take a lot of self-control in the, in the moments when you just lost and it's your first time there Yeah. to want to just be bitter and say what's right on your mind. It takes a lot of control to not say it. Mm-hmm. And
0: he should, hopefully, he talked to his players about that. Yeah. Because... Uh, Auburn senior Bryce Brown, uh, he, as of, as of last night, as of the Final Four game, he is now the SEC single-season three-point record holder. Um, as he was walking to the locker room after the game, he said NCAA needs to get some new refs. So he is obviously, was obviously worked up about the the missed double dribble, or he didn't think the uh Kyle Guy actually got fouled, but either way, my opinion on the thing is: Would would Bryce Brown have that opinion that the NCAA needs new refs if the call would have gone his way?
1: No, of course not. Of course not. Either
0: one. No. So if say if Auburn would have been down two points and shot a three pointer and got fouled and went on to win the game and. You know, Virginia was walking to the locker room and said NCAA needs new refs. How would Bryce Brown feel about that? It's it's always when you're on the other end of the spectrum, you have a different viewpoint of the whole thing. So, I mean, referees are human. It's like, do you want, do you want a robot calling balls and strikes? Absolutely not. It's the human element of the game. And no, they're not always perfect, but they try as hard as they can and they're human.
1: Yeah, and, that's why I disagree with, like, all these rules and all these sports trying to take away the human element, because as much as we talk about it, it's still, that's part of what makes it the game.
0: Yeah, and that's what makes it exciting, because there's
1: to there's be And it's nice flaws, to have review. That's nice, because then, like, a whole game's yeah. not ruined by something that's yeah. reviewable. Yeah, the reviews like, are nice. take away the human element.
0: Yeah, the reviews are nice, but I think they're getting to the point where they review too much. Like, don't take the momentum away from the game just to review something that you know is going to stand. But anyway, uh, so the national championship game, the stage is set. Uh, it's going to be three seed Virginia Tech versus one seed. Oh, not Virginia. What am I doing? I just mixed. <laughs> just made up somebody. That's I didn't even got... catch it
1: either. I'm just sitting here like, what? So
0: Virginia Tech is not in the national championship. <laughs> It's three-seed Texas Tech versus one-seed Virginia. I could see
1: how you said that.
0: Yeah. I just mixed them and made up the school that got put out in the (laughs) second, maybe third round of the tournament. But anyway.
1: That's what we do on Sports and Spouses. Yeah.
0: We just make our own national championship up. (laughs) So tip-off is going to be Monday night, which... I'm not even going to say, but it's Monday night. If you're listening to
1: this tomorrow, it's today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so anyway. but If you're listening
1: to this Tuesday, I'm sorry you missed it.
0: Hopefully you caught it if you're listening to this on Tuesday. But it's in Minneapolis, so it's Central Time. And if you're in Central Time like we are, it's a late game. It's 8.20 Central Time. And ESPN's basketball power index gives Virginia the edge at sixty-nine point eight percent chance to win over Texas Tech's thirty point two percent. So I don't know if I agree with that really. I think Texas Tech put on a pretty dominant performance last night.
1: Yeah. So I think they have a real shot. I've just it's been really neat to see like these closely ranked teams really performing the way they're almost the way they're ranked. Right. And these games being yeah. decided in the last few minutes is Yeah. And you know Texas
0: Tech beat Michigan State by ten points and and Michigan State, you know, I mean Duke had a lot of close calls, but I, I mean Duke was the favorite and Michigan State beat him only by one point. But I just thought Texas Tech's performance against Michigan State warranted more than a thirty percent chance to win the national championship. But anyway, so Virginia could be uh, the first one seed they could be they, sh- they could go from being the first one seed to be upset by a 16 seed to be national championships in just a year so that's pretty cool And we've also got the women's national championship which doesn't get near as much love as the men- as the men's national championship but that is tonight which is Sunday <laughs> by the way <laughs> and that's one seed Notre Dame versus one seed Baylor. And Notre Dame's 35-3, and three and Baylor's 36-1, and one. so that's quite a season from Baylor. But even though Baylor has only lost one game, ESPN's Basketball Power Index gives Notre Dame the edge at 53% to Baylor's 47% chance to win. So really looking forward to those two games, so hopefully you guys can catch the national championship, and we're going to make our picks on those two games later in the show. So there's a story that just broke within the last day or two that claims that Nike may have paid Zion Williamson's mom, Sharonda Sampson, in order for uh, Zion Williamson to go to Duke to play basketball. So there's a lawyer named Michael Avenatti. I'm not really sure how you pronounce his last name. That might be right. That might be wrong. And recently... Uh, Michael, that's what we'll call him now. Michael was arrested on federal charges of extortion, wire fraud, and bank fraud. His arrest came after he reportedly tried to extort Nike for $20 million and claimed that Nike purposely hid payments from the NCAA and fed investigators to pay players to go to Nike-endorsed schools to play basketball. So he claimed that Duke was involved in that, and Zion Williamson's mom was involved in that. So Duke Director of Athletics Kevin White released a statement to the Chronicle and said, We're aware of the allegations, and as we would with any compliance matter, we're looking into it. Duke is fully committed to compliance with all NCAA rules and regulations. Every student athlete at Duke is reviewed to ensure their eligibility With regard to men's basketball, all recruits and their families are thoroughly vetted by Duke in collaboration with the NCAA through the Eligibility Center's Amateurism Certification process. So, Avenatti, or Michael Avenatti, however you say his name, tweeted on Friday alleging that Nike paid Duke's mom, Sharonda Sampson, for, quote, bogus consulting services to get Zion to attend Duke. And Duke was not Duke Nike was asked about it and said Nike said that Nike will not respond to the allegations of an individual facing federal charges of fraud and extortion and aid in his disgraceful attempts to distract from the athletes on the court at the height of the tournament. Nike will continue its cooperation with the government's investigation into grassroots basketball and the related extortion case. So, um, my big question is, what happens if we find out that Coach K knew about this the whole time? And, of course, uh, Duke's coach, Mike Shasheski, Coach K, was asked about it, and he said, quote, there's nothing there. That's all he had to say about it. So... Of course, that's what he would say about it, and that's what he should say about it until more details are released, because you always claim you're innocent until you're found guilty. But what happens if down the road there's evidence, like, say, for instance, we're in the the middle of this LSU investigation with Will Wade, and the FBI is involved, and there's wiretaps and recordings and text messages are intercepted and the whole deal. And what if we find out, you know, three months from now or however, whatever. And we find out that coach K actually knew about it. What happens then?
1: I don't think they'll fire him. You don't think so? No, I think they at most suspend him, and I don't think they're going to try too hard to see if he knew about it, but I just hope that he didn't know about it.
0: I hope he didn't too. Um, But I really doubt they fire him just because he's like, He's the
1: gold standard, and this is coach. and not to like sound like it's okay, but because it's him, this is happening everywhere. Oh yeah, it's just a matter of who's going to get caught, and I feel like Will Wade or whatever his name is has already gotten off kind of easy. I mean, mm-hmm. they're I mean, kind of at a standstill because he just won't talk to him. So it's right. like, right? Okay, uh, he's he'll just, just get zipped suspended. his lips, and, and so yeah. It's not like he's fired. He's just suspended. Yeah, so He'll probably
0: get fired, but, you know, as I mean, long as he's like, not talking. Especially
1: if we're talking about basketball going in the way of people getting money in some fashion or another in college. I mean, it's just like we're at the – I feel like we're at the tail end of this being something you get in trouble for, which is why in my head it's weird that the FBI is involved mm-hmm. in things like this because I think eventually this won't be a big deal because – People are going to get paid.
0: Yeah, and eventually somehow. we're on the verge of athletes being paid somehow. So, but right now it's not it's not legal. Right. So, so right now it's wrong. But it's kind of like marijuana right. until it's legal, it's illegal. So, um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that Coach K don't just give him like a slap on the wrist because in my entire life i can't remember him ever being involved in any kind of scandal just because he's just such a great guy and he's the gold standard of coaching and he runs a tight ship and he runs a great program so i can't think of any reason why he would get fired for this especially if it's nike that paid him and not duke that paid him so so if he knew about it i can't i could see him You know, losing, you know, scholarships or whatever. But I can't see him getting fired. Mm -hmm. So, but as the details roll in, probably in the next couple weeks, I'm sure we'll get more details on this and we'll keep you guys posted. But that's the breaking news on Zion Williamson because he stays in the news even after he's finished playing college basketball. So we'll move on to our next story. So the Alliance of American Football came in and then it died just as fast as it came in it was here for i think seven weeks and then they ran out of money and i don't know how they ran out of money but there is a report that by the second week they already needed help with payroll (laughs) (laughs) which is that's a bad sign That's crazy that's not that's not good When you start a business and then two weeks in, (laughs) (laughs) you're already broke. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, But anyway, they announced on Tuesday, April 2nd, that they were canceling the rest of their first season seven weeks in. I think seven could have been eight. And they were immediately suspending all operations. There are reports that the players found out on Twitter even before the coaches found out, which is just baffling to me. I don't know how their coaches didn't know. Yeah. So and then some of the players said they showed up to practice and they found out they didn't have jobs anymore because their practice equipment was was being packed up (laughs) to be shipped out to where God knows where.
1: I think the craziest thing about this is that supposedly they're asking for money back for the uniforms. Oh yeah. I mean, that really—how low can you get? It's right. not the player's fault that you
0: failed mm. your business.
1: You know, supposedly, when you get fired, do yeah. you have to pay for?
0: I think the reason you behind this. back your uniforms. Pay for the
1: uniforms. Right. What? Pay for the uniforms. No.
0: I think the reason behind that is because the AAF has creditors that they still have to pay back. So they're trying to get. Yeah, but
1: that's not the employee's fault. You're
0: right. You're absolutely right. But they're trying to get as much money back as they can. You
1: already screwed the players out. Yeah, you're right. Pretty bad. So, yeah.
0: So there's 500 players that over 500, there's like 515 players or whatever that were in this league. So I don't know what 200, they're asking for $250 for each uniform. I don't know what two hundred and fifty times five hundred whatever is, but that's quite a bit of money that they could get back. If if all of the players agree, I doubt it. I bet a handful of players might pay that $125,000. Oh, that's not even that much. That's
1: ridiculous though. <laughs> yeah. They already have to pay their way home. Like
0: Yeah, so they have to unless
1: they sign something that says they're it's not the uniforms and they have to pay when they leave oh, I the bet league. You. I don't see why
0: I, do you know how many people are in debt because they refuse to pay something back? You know,
1: I just don't feel like that's even something they can ask for unless it yeah. was somehow in their contract. That's ridiculous.
0: That's crazy. So they had to pay for their own flights home because, you know, they don't play in their hometown. A lot of people play played across the country. And then they were left with, you know, housing, apartments, and then hotel bills that they had to pay. I heard that one player, or I'm sure several players, had... Build, hotel bills for like $2,500 that they had to pay out of their own pocket. And these players weren't getting paid all that much. So it's just, it's crazy. And then some players had like pretty severe injuries during the season. And the league insurance, the AAF insurance is going to run out at the end of April. So and they're going to be left with these these medical bills with no insurance. So a couple of players that have significant injuries. Former Michigan State quarterback Denard Robinson, I'm sure we all or most of us remember him. He was a running back in the league. He tore his ACL on Saturday and the league folded on Tuesday. And then uh, Salt Lake Stallions running back, or not running back, linebacker, Gianni Paul, he broke his arm on Saturday, and the league folded on Tuesday. And so there's a fan of Gianni Paul. Uh, He actually started a GoFundMe page to help pay for Gianni Gianni Paul's medical expenses. So that's pretty cool. But it's just ridiculous. How can you do that to people and feel okay about yourself? (laughs) You're going to leave all these people hanging out to dry, over 500 people, and just go about your life with no insurance. All these people are injured. They they've got bills left to pay for. They've got to pay for their own, their own flights. Just screwed them over.
1: Mm-hmm. That's just crazy how they did not predict right how yeah. their finances were going to go.
0: Right. I don't, I don't know, but if there is a silver lining in the whole thing. 11 out of over 500 players, <laughs> 11 players so far have been signed to NFL rosters. So that's that's decent. I don't know. And then the WWE is offering tryouts to former AAF players. And the XFL is launching next spring. So I'm sure they'll have a chance to play. So-
1: What's the XFL again? What's the difference with that?
0: So this is the XFL second time around, so they'll have a better plan. But what
1: is it? Oh, What's the differences? What are the differences? Like that the gameplay
0: NFL? differences?
1: Just the quick <laughs> overview. Not it's just into another the, league.
0: The game, I mean, it's just, But there's it's still, differences,
1: obviously. It's still it just American football. I mean, it?
0: they, they're not associated with the NFL. The, the main difference, uh, it's WWE owner Vince McMahon owns the XFL. Um, it used so to So is be. it
1: like NFL blitz? Can you know the receivers before? It, here's
0: the thing. Back in the day, there what like what was the difference? Here's here's <laughs> the thing. Let me. Back in the day, the XFL was a sideshow. Like they, it was kind of like NFL blitz. They had it was raunchy. It was a lot of. It was kind of like the WWE in a football okay. field, Got but it. now. Vince McMahon, the owner of XFL and the WWE, has come out to say it's going to be actual football. It's going to be like an actual football league. It's not going to be like WWE. It's not going to be like the old XFL. It's going to be like real football. And he's made some stipulations, which I kind of like. This is what I like about the XFL. Um, He's said that no convicts are going to play in the XFL. So hopefully there's going to be no troublemakers, which I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some some stipulations on that. Some some people who maybe had, you know, some small convictions like, you know, petty theft or whatever. (laughs) And then um, he also said no politics. So maybe no no kneeling during the national anthem. I don't know. But so it's just going to be straight football. Which, which I'm okay with. So hopefully it's something that people can get behind. Oh, here's the other thing. Here's, the, here's possibly the biggest thing about the XFL is because they're in direct competition with the NFL, he's inviting college football players to leave college and join the XFL. So that, my friends, is the biggest difference. Because... You can go, instead of staying four years, it's for players who aren't going to be, you know, first, second, even third round draft picks. You you can't leave, you know, two years after high school. It's for those players who, you know, maybe stay four years and still aren't going to get drafted. It's for, you can leave directly after high school and go make, you know, 70, 80 grand a year and go play football. Hmm. It's for those type of players. Gotcha. So, and there have actually been college football players who have said there will probably be NCAA football players who leave college to go play in the XFL. Just because you can make money immediately. And, you know, there's a chance that. You know, I'm not gonna get drafted anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna go make money right yeah. now.
1: If you have fun doing it, yeah. It, so
0: it's if you love the game and you don't really care about college all that much, like Cardell Jones said, Oh, we didn't come here to play school. <laughs> so, so
1: <laughs> the best quotes yeah. of all time. But anyway,
0: got on a little rabbit trail there about the XFL, but um so anyway, that's the. To so be
1: clear, I asked you for concise differences. That I gave you my fault. You doing on the long <laughs> <laughs> trail. Okay. Yeah.
0: So those are <laughs> the differences there. The biggest difference is the
1: length of the trail was up to you. Yeah, I went on.
0: <laughs> I went on a hike. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, rest in peace to the Alliance of American yeah. Football. Probably won't be
1: a second run at that. But they I'm, talked about it though. They were talking about season two. I saw really? a little scroll on the bottom of oh, the TV gosh. the other day. It said something about they're already planning. Oh, they're
0: already planning it? Yeah. Oh, Could you
1: imagine? Like, no one wants here's to, the to only do that way. that's how it's going to end.
0: Here's the only way it's going to work is if it's like a minor league to the NFL. That's yeah. That's the only way yeah. it's going to work. Like a forum system.
1: Yeah.
0: Is if the teams are directly affiliated to the NFL, and that's that's the only way. But and if the like the NFL contributes financially, kind of like MLB teams own the minor league teams, that's the only way it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's do some pickums. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, weekly pickums. So you know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the XFL next spring. So. <laughs> You're still talking about it. I <laughs> just had this thought. You know, <laughs> mainly because there's a team in St. Louis. Oh, geez. And St. Louis hasn't had football in a couple of seasons, but mm-hmm. and I I can't I can't wait to support St. Louis football again. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to weekly pickups. So last week um, we picked we had four picks last week: Michigan State versus Texas Tech. I picked Michigan State. You picked Texas Tech. You won that one. Virginia versus Auburn. We both picked Auburn, so neither of us got that. And then we picked the Nationals at Mets series. You picked the Mets two games to one, and the Nationals actually won that series two games to one. What'd you pick? I picked the Mets in a sweep. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how you want to count that one.
1: A wash. We'll see a wash. Okay.
0: And then we picked the Bucks at the Sixers, and we both won that one because we both picked the Bucks. So, uh, you won that. Pick them because you, want, you got two because the Nationals Mets was a wash. That left us with three picks, and you got two out of the three. And I got one out of the three, so.
1: What Harry Potter are we up to now?
0: <laughs> three.
1: Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, and
0: I still don't. I still don't have my wager, even though I've won a week. So. All right. How do you know the titles of these? Because I've
1: read the books. <laughs> they just stay in your brain. Oh my gosh! All right.
0: So anyway. Let's move on to this week. We've got some good picks this week. So, first... I can't believe you're
1: picking Virginia. What do you mean? Are you even allowed you to pick Virginia it, you, after you thought they wouldn't be hey, here, I'm shouldn't redeeming be here? I'm
0: myself. You gave it away before I even said that.
1: You're going to tell them anyway.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're picking Monday night's national championship game, three-seed Texas Tech versus one-seed Virginia. I assume you're picking Texas Tech. Yes. And I'm picking Virginia, only because... <laughs> I I didn't pick them to make it out of the second round, so I'm trying to trying to make it make it up to them. Okay. Even though they're never going to hear this podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm picking Virginia. You're picking Texas Tech, and then we're picking the women's national championship, which is tonight, aka Sunday. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame one seed versus one seed Baylor. I'm picking Baylor, even though I'm a Notre Dame fan.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: You think Baylor's going to win? Or are you, you know, just trying not to go with the.
0: You know, I'm, I'm trying to not be a homer on this show. <laughs> Why are you looking at me <laughs> like that?
1: You, you're like two sides of the street. <laughs> you want the XFL to be in St. Louis. So well, they are in St. Louis. <laughs> but you're not going to pick Notre Dame.
0: Oh, whom well, you love. That's true. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm stu- I am still. I already wrote Baylor down. Okay. So. <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to pick Notre
0: Dame. Okay. All right. So and then we're going to pick. So Wednesday is the final day of the NBA regular season before the playoffs start. So we've got a little playoff push in our pick. We've got the fifth seed. Well, not seed. We've got fifth place in the Western Conference versus the sixth place in the Western Conference. Got the Utah Jazz versus LA Clippers. Utah Jazz are 49 and 30, with fifth place in the Western Conference, and the Clippers are 47 and 33, sixth place in the Western Conference. So the ESPN Basketball Power Index has the Clippers, it's pretty close. Clippers at 51.2%, and the Jazz at 48.8%. And the last two meetings on uh, February 27th, the Jazz won 111 to 105 at Utah. And then January 16th, the Jazz won 129 to 109 at L.A. I'm going to
1: be honest. The stats don't matter. (laughs) I I really (laughs) won't lose sleep over this pick. I'm just going to go with the Jazz. All
0: right. Not even the BPI. That's it's almost fifty fifty. What does
1: BPI mean?
0: Basketball power index. That's the, the percentage. Is that everything
1: you were just reading? Yeah. yeah. I mean look at it. It's
0: it's the percentage of who's gonna win.
1: They're close though.
0: All right. That's very close. All right, so you got the jazz, I got I'm gonna take the clippers.
1: Do they still have colors that look like the nineties? The purple and the teal? They've, they they've kind of bit? made it
0: cooler, but not they're not as As New Orleans jazzy, you know, 90-ish, they're a little bit cooler, Hmm. but they added a little bit of goldish in there. So all right, and then we're picking baseball series. We're picking the brewers at the Dodgers, and as of today, the Brewers and the Dodgers are both seven and two on the series, which is best records in baseball.
1: I'm gonna go brewers two to one.
0: Okay, I'm gonna take the Dodgers two to one. So that's a nice little split there. So that's a Friday through Sunday three-game series. And then our final pick uh, the Masters, is this weekend, Thursday through Sunday.
1: Um, is uh, Tony Finau going to be playing?
0: Of course he is. you picking Tony? Tony. All right. I'm going to pick Rory. Sweet. All right. So. To recap this week's pick you're picking Texas Tech, I'm picking Virginia, you're picking Notre Dame, I'm picking Baylor, you're picking the Jazz, I'm picking the Clippers, you're picking the Brewers two to one, I'm picking the Dodgers two to one. You're picking Finao. I'm picking Rory. Man, we are split right down the middle. I like it. <laughs> no ties tonight or this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. That's this week's pick'ums. Time for a two minute drill. Two-minute drill time. This is the part of the show when we start a clock for two minutes. And at the end of the two minutes, timer goes off. And in that two minutes, we try to cover as many topics as we can before that timer goes off. Sometimes we make it, sometimes we don't. But we try as hard as we can to make it. So, you ready for that timer? hmm Here we go. So, Alonzo Ball... Lakers point guard, is in the market for a new agent and his daddy, LeVar Ball, has inserted himself yet again. He's inquired if any agencies have the power to pair his three sons on the same NBA team. So Lonzo is 21, Le'Angelo is 20, and LaMelo is 17. What are your thoughts on this?
1: He needs to go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does need Leave to go away. kids alone. So the only one that Lavar actually has power over is Lamelo, the seventeen-year-old. I don't know why Lonzo and Le'Angelo don't just say, "Sorry, Dad, we have our own lives. Let us get our own agents."
1: I'm sure they have some allegiance to him in some fashion. Yeah, probably so. But yeah, I mean, he's just just let them do their thing. Right. It's ridiculous. Support him as a dad. And stop trying to meddle because it's. Been, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing.
0: It really is. So next, Dwayne Wade says, after retirement, he'll be in therapy and he'll need someone to talk to about it because it's a big change. Is this respectable or is this concerning?
1: Concerning in what fashion?
0: I don't know. Just the fact that he'll need therapy after I mean, retirement.
1: probably would. I mean, that's your whole life.
0: Yeah, that's true. He's been playing basketball. Whole
1: life and then you're still young, but you're not able to keep up with yeah. what you were wanted to do. You'd probably feel like you Should still be able to do it, even though you kind of can't.
0: If you were his wife, would you be jealous that she's not the one he wanted to talk to you about it? No. No? Okay. All right, so next we've got the NHL playoff bracket. Top overall seed is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They only lost 16 games all season. That's crazy. And uh, they're in the – Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's not very much. They play
1: a lot of games.
0: They play a lot of games. They're in the Eastern Conference, top overall seed in the Eastern Conference. They've got the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, then the Boston Bruins play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Washington Capitals play the play the Hurricanes, and the New York Islanders play the uh, Penguins. That's all in the Eastern Conference. Then the Calgary Flames are the top seed in the Western Conference. They play the Colorado Avalanche. Jose San Jose Sharks play the the Vegas Knights. They in their first season last season they went to the finals. Oh, pretty impressive. Then the Nashville Predators play the Dallas Stars, and then the Winnipeg Jets play my St Louis Blues. So. Stanley Cup playoffs begin April 10th. So that's the two-minute drill. We only
1: went about 33 seconds. Boom,
0: and we covered three topics. So
1: now we're 37 seconds over.
0: Well, whatever. We're done. Okay, we're done. (laughs) All right, moving on to our walk-off thoughts. Let's go ahead and do it. So uh, my walk-off thought, our walk-off thought, we're going to combine this into one. Um, So April 6th was the one-year anniversary of the Humboldt-Broncos bus crash. Um, If you don't know about this, the Humboldt-Broncos are an amateur hockey team that um, they have the top prospects, or some of the top prospects, 20 years and younger in Western Canada. They're a traveling team. Um, They're out of Humboldt. In Canada, I'm not sure which uh, province or wherever, um, but on April 6th, they were traveling to a playoff game, and they are about 20 minutes from their destination, and a semi-truck ran a stop sign at an intersection, and the, their, their bus collided with the semi-truck, and their bus was going about 60 miles per hour, and there were 29 passengers on Humboldt's bus, and 16 of those passengers died. And of the 13 survivors, um, two of those survivors are paralyzed. And the, uh, two of those survivors have significant brain injuries. Uh, the truck driver survived. Uh, the semi-truck driver, he survived. And he was arrested and he pled guilty. And he was sentenced to eight years in prison um really sad story i just i can't even imagine uh espn has an e60 uh one of their one of their short films it's called forever broncos highly recommend watching it it's a tearjerker though yeah
1: very sad so because this really was not very long ago it's just a huge tragedy yeah and just extremely infuriating because it was all preventable. It was. Just yep. pay attention mm. to the rules of the road and yep. don't be distracted by anything. Yep. And they said the driver wasn't, like, on his phone and he didn't fall asleep and he was sober, but something had distracted him. They thought maybe a tarp on his semi.
0: Yeah, he might have been distracted he just
1: by blew a loose blew through that stop sign. And it was, you know, he... Of course, you can't put yourself in their shoes, but the pictures and the videos of the road, you if you're paying attention, you can tell you're coming up on a it highway.
0: It is pretty flat You can terrain. tell you're yeah. coming
1: up on a highway. Surely yeah. you wouldn't blow. I mean, it, if there's anything angering about it all, <clears throat> the senselessness. Yeah. A completely clear day on their way to a game should have made it. It just, you knowing know, it, it wasn't like whether it wasn't a head on collision, it wasn't someone swerved to miss and ran in. It was literally just someone didn't pay attention and it caused the mm-hmm. loss of 16 mm-hmm. lives.
0: And just the E60 had one of the dads from the, the deceased players and it. He was gracious enough to talk about what he went through, and I can't even imagine. Yeah,
1: he was amazing. He really put it. He put it well in all of his talks that he did. He just.
0: And we have what now a five-week-old son, and I can't even imagine. You know the feeling that he went through. He mm -hmm. went like four hours without knowing if his son survived. Mm -hmm. I can't even. And he's
1: able to talk about it a year later, yeah. or less than a year later. I right. just can't
0: even. And it followed the, the E60 Forever Broncos, followed two of the players that survived, um, one of which was paralyzed from the chest down, and the other one five months after the crash um, made his appearance or his debut back with the team. So that that was pretty impressive, and I don't know if I could have done that.
1: Yeah. I don't um, think I could
0: have. But the support for the Humboldt Broncos just uh, was, worldwide was just impressive. Um, I think they said there was a, a GoFundMe page that raised like $15 million and just from like 80 countries
1: yeah, just showing amazing.
0: support in the, all of the NHL, NHL clubs. Um just around around the country around US and Canada showed support and it was just just awesome to see people unite over a tragedy like that but i can't imagine being the families involved mm-hmm. and all of the players that were involved in the accident their their numbers were retired within yeah. the Humboldt Broncos organization <laughs> so that was just just an awesome E60 and highly recommended But be prepared for your emotions to go crazy. So that is our walk-off thought. And that is all for this week's show. This has been Sports and Spouses.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks a lot for listening. So uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. I'm pretty sure we're everywhere by now. Um, Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, share us. uh, Tell all your friends about us. If you enjoyed listening to us, uh, that's really uh, the main way we'll grow is you sharing it. So be sure to tell your friends about us. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.